When we were asked to partner up with Willa's Kitchen, we couldn't say no. Everyone at FBC HQ is lactose intolerant, and Willa's Kitchen has helped us keep our bellies happy and our bodies caffeinated. Willa's was founded by two sisters who were tired of plant-based milks that were mostly made of artificial, highly processed ingredients and loads of sugar, rather than actual plants. Plus, their grandmother Willa's recipe used real organic ingredients to create a deliciously smooth oat milk. And they thought, why not bring hers to the world instead? And we are so grateful. <laughs> As they started on their entrepreneurial journey, they kept learning more and more about the way plant-based milks are normally made. Heavy processing, loads of food waste, and lots of funny business, including ingredients like rapeseed and canola oil that they didn't want to be drinking or feeding to their kids every day. The biggest shocker they found was that oat milk is typically made with the oat sugar. The best parts of the oat are filtered out, and that results in an oat milk with a super sweet taste without all of the benefits of the oats. Willa's is made with the entire oat, which gives it a rich, smooth taste and maintains all the oats protein and prebiotic fiber and makes Willa's zero food waste. And it's not just a healthier, more sustainable oat milk, it's super tasty. That's why Willa's has been highlighted in Bon Appetit not once, but three times. Find Willa's oat milk at willaskitchen.com. That's Willa's, W-I-L-L-A-S, kitchen, K-I-T-C-H-E-N.com. And with the promo code bookclub, you can get 20% off and support this podcast. That's promo code bookclub at willaskitchen.com for 20% off. Thanks, Willis. Welcome back to Feminist Book Club, the podcast. We're not just about feminist books. We are here for social justice, literature, and media in all its forms. But we do that through an intersectional feminist lens. Thanks for being here. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Renee Powers here, and I am joined by the inimitable Ashley. Hi, Ashley. Hello. We are coming together to talk to you about something that has got us really fired up, and it's women in sports or women's sports. Um, and I just want to, I want to ask you, Ashley, what drew you to this topic? Did you grow up playing sports? Did you grow up watching sports? Are you an athlete? Do you like, do you watch sports still? Like what's your relationship to this topic? So I guess my closest thing to being an athlete is that I'm a runner, um, have been for almost 10 years. And my love for sports has been since I was a child watching the NBA finals. I'm from Los Angeles. We're a city of champions. Um, <laughs> watching you know, the Lakers or um, watching the Dodgers, watching a number of, of sports, you know, sports is an art form, it's storytelling, and it's, it's, um, you know, it brings out the best of people and athletes. Um, also a big fan of the Olympics, despite all of the, uh, you know, the, the controversies, if, if you will, um, I do love sports as storytelling, and I see it as such. I do too. I am such a sports fan. I'm not athletic. I I like to work out. I'm not a team sports mm -hmm. player. Mm -hmm. Um, but I I didn't grow up playing sports, but I grew up watching sports. I, I grew up in South Bend, Indiana, which is the home of Notre Dame, University of Notre yes. Dame. And you know, my grandfather went to Notre Dame. I went to the women's college at Notre Dame. I married a Notre Dame alum. It's um you just on Saturdays, that's what you do. You go to football yes. games, right? And as a student at St. Mary's, we also got, um, we got student tickets to all of the Notre Dame sports. And the ones mm. that I like to go to, not just football, but I loved, um, 
I loved going to hockey games and I loved going to the women's basketball games. And I will tell you, women's basketball to me is one of the most exciting sports to watch bar none. I think women's basketball is so much fun to watch. And I th- part of the reason is because they're not just, you know, eight feet tall and slam dunking <laughs> all of the time. Like they're really, really skilled and they have to be, they're really smart athletes. And so um, I'm glad that, you know, Notre Dame women's basketball is a dynasty. <laughs> yes. And then also hearing you say that, I think about Pat Summit at mm-hmm. University of Tennessee absolutely, and the legacy that she has also a wonderful memoir. Yes. Um, I think it's Sum It Up um, was fantastic. And just the legacy that she has there for her students and for the coaching staff that is there and for um, just sports in general. Yeah. Yeah, Pat Summit is definitely one of those people that's um, that I look up to as a leader. Um, Muffet McGraw, Notre Dame, their women's basketball former coach, uh, she just retired last year. Um, also, on my like, if I have a list of fantasy, like a fantasy advisory board, mm-hmm. <laughs> she's on it. So, you know, we were talking kind of on the contributor. Slack channel of some topics that we want to bring some light to. And women in sports is, like we've already established, really close to both of our hearts. I love that you say sports is storytelling. I think that's brilliant. I'm with you. The Olympics are like the best season of the year to me. Um, winter or summer, I love them equally. I want to know, I want to talk a little bit about the discrepancy between men's sports and women's sports. And I will say to our audience, we are not going to get into trans issues in sports. All I will say about that is trans women are women and get and should be able to compete as women. We'll stop. (laughs) But like it or not, sports in this country are divided men and women's sports. And there's quite a discrepancy. Do you want to tackle a little bit of that? Well, yes. I mean, looking at the WNBA in particular, just the fact that they don't get the coverage that the NBA does. The NBA is a multi-billion dollar business. I even just saw a um, graphic that talked about Sue Bird, who would be one of the top, if not the top WNBA players. Or was was it uh, Diana Taurasi? It was one of those one of those two players. Her salary is only in the six figures compared to Devin Booker. Now, he, the Suns were in the finals last year, but he, for a season, is $31.9 million. And then that's not including endorsements or anything of that ilk. So you have women's sports that aren't getting the attention that they deserve, yet they are playing at the caliber that men are playing, if not better. And another example of that is in women's soccer. Um, I was talking to you about a documentary called LFG. It's on HBO Max. It is fantastic. And it delves into the fight for equal pay um, with the, on, on par with the men's soccer league and how these women were on an international stage representing America and won the won um, their championship. Yet some of the players had to go home and supplement their income. That's asinine. So to 
to play at a caliber that is beyond what you're being paid for is unacceptable. And I think the argument against that is that, oh, well, women's sports just don't sell the tickets or they don't sell the advertisements or they don't get the TV spots. And to me, that feels like a chicken and egg problem. Like, do they not sell the tickets because they don't have the money behind them or do they not have the money behind them? Therefore, they don't sell the tickets. I think that if more people were introduced to women's sports, I mean, if you've ever been to a WNBA game, they are a a whole family, like, entertaining from start to finish it's not just basketball at these at these events and so I just wonder what would happen if we put the kind of monetary power behind the WNBA or now that we are putting it behind the women's national soccer league like what's gonna happen I think it'll be interesting to see and I think also because we are in an election year Hmm. I I would be it would be awful for me to not mention that oh gosh Sue Bird's team Seattle Storm I believe and then the Atlanta uh, the name of their name escapes me yeah but if it but, were an, an NBA team it wouldn't escape you you know what I mean yeah yes yes <laughs> true um they wore um, Vote Warnock t-shirts in 2020. Mm. And this was in support for Senator Warnock, who was also up for re-election this year. And it was pivotal because it brought attention not only to Senator Warnock, but also brought attention to their activism in a year in 2020 where it was full of activism, whether it was Black Lives Matter or COVID-19 discrepancies. So to have the have those teams support a candidate who didn't have a, a name yet gave power, a league that didn't have much power, it gave power to someone who didn't have that national stage yet. So that was just so poignant to me how they were able to leverage that amidst understanding their power. It's shine theory in practice, right? That, you know, when you shine a light on another person or you use your light to shine on someone else, it doesn't dim your own light. You know, the Mm -hmm. team is, is in the spotlight and can share the spotlight with Senator Warnock and it worked, right? Yes. Yes. He's Georgia Senator. Yes. I want to shift gears. Well, I do want to you you threw out some stats. I copied down some stats too. The average NBA player makes eight point three million. The average WNBA player makes seventy five thousand a year. And like you said, many of them end up playing abroad in the summers or in the off season so they can supplement their income. Golf LPGA prizes fifty million sounds great for the Women's uh, Professional Golf Association. But the men's 256 million in prizes is what they dole out. So I just, again, if you put the money as power, if you put the money and the power behind certain athletes, they're going to succeed, right? And those certain athletes that we put behind are are typically men. I do want to shift gears because there's a really big story um, that hasn't gotten the attention that it it needs to get um, up until recently in women's sports, and that is the arrest of Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner is one of the best basketball players 
to have ever existed. <laughs> I would say she's the LeBron of the WNBA. Would you, mm-hmm. would you I say? Agree. Okay. Yes. <laughs> February 17th of this year, she was in Russia, which side note, she also played for the Russian national team or the Russian national league. Um, I don't know if she was there playing for them at the time, but she was in Russia. She was arrested for allegedly having cannabis oil in her luggage. She was accused of smuggling significant amounts of a narcotic substance, whatever that mm-hmm. might mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an offense that's punishable by 10 years in prison. Okay. First things first, don't travel with cannabis, especially internationally, but I can understand that if you have a vape pen, for instance, and you don't remember, or you, you just forget that your vape pen or your, your, you know, CBD cartridge is in the bottom of your handbag and you just forget, like this is, this could be a simple mistake. And she has been in prison in Russia for the last February, March, April, May, June, five months. It's been over 100 days. Yes. At time of recording. And just to give you a background, I've been a a Brittany Griner fan for a number of years and she played at, at Baylor. She beat my beloved Notre Dame women's basketball team for, in the championship, but that's fine. That's fine. I'm not salty about it. She is a two-time gold medalist, Olympic gold medalist. She plays for the Phoenix Mercury. She's a three-time All-American. She won um, the WNBA championship in 2014. She's um, WNBA all-star. She's from Houston. Importantly, she is black and she is queer. And two of those things are not welcome in Russia. And we have to also set the stage that Russia is currently invading Ukraine and the rest of the world has slapped some very significant sanctions on Russia. And it is not surprising that they are using Brittany Griner uh, as leverage or um, as a pawn in this international issue. So updates or what do you want to what do you want to bring to light on this issue what is important why should we care i think well what you were saying is that britney being black and queer and being a woman uh, her her identities are first and first and foremost the most important to think about especially in the country that she is held in prison in and also just to think about you know, there's been a lot of conversation about why this case hasn't gotten the attention that it deserves. A lot of it has been because they don't want um, a lot of Black women who I've seen talk about this online said that they don't want to bring a sort of overflow of awareness to the case so that it it doesn't distract from the issue at hand. Um, but I think because there has been a number of days since Brittany um, has been in prison, there's been a swell of conversation and, uh, and bringing awareness, at least here in the States, of how to support um, either from President Biden intervening and just you know people doing work on their own to just understanding the issue. Understanding the issue is just bare minimum because mm-hmm. some people just want to choose once more to have their own ideas about it. And this is not the time. Um, so just, you know, looking, there's, um, can I share resources? Yeah, let's do it. So there is wearebg.org. 
There, Sherelle T. Griner is Brittany's wife. Sherelle is spelled C-H-E-R-E-L-L-E. T. Griner, G-R-I-N-E-R. And that's her Instagram handle. She is sharing a number of resources and updates as she receives them. She's been in contact with Brittany um, through letters um, sparingly. And then there's also been the awareness through the WNBA wearing We Are BG shirts. Um, LeBron James, arguably the biggest player in the NBA right now, um, sharing a letter of support. Um, the NBA sharing support in conjunction with the WNBA and also the Celtics who are currently in the NBA finals wearing We Are BG t-shirts. And that's when I first saw um, the apparel um, and just, you know, sharing your your power to bring awareness that is subtle yet poignant. And I think that's the biggest thing to have right now for in support for Brittany Griner. One of the things that Sherelle, her wife, said in an interview that just broke my heart. Um, so Anthony Blinken, the, the state. Secretary of State. Secretary of State. Thank yes. you. I was like, State Department. What is yes. the title? Um, <laughs> he has officially called her imprisonment um, that she is wrongfully detained. And Sherelle has been in contact with the secretary. And she said, you know, at this point, the only, I hear that you're working on this. The only thing that would make it feel like you're actually doing something is if I could hug my wife on U.S. soil. And mm -hmm. at this point, I don't even know who would be coming back to me. And that just broke me. Yes. Because, you know, we recently arranged the u.s recently arranged uh, a prisoner trade i think and and this man with russia and this man that came back has been speaking about his treatment in russian prisons um in relation to Brittany griner's case and saying like she's not being treated well and for for a woman who whose body is literally her job right mm -hmm to not be able to take care of it in the way that she wants, but actually have it actively harmed in these kinds of environments in, in a Russian prison. It's not, it's not, you know, U.S. prison. It's, it, and not, those conditions aren't good. And right. so think about what that could look like exacerbated in a Russian prison when you are a woman, when you are a masculine woman, when you are queer, when you are black. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that she's not being treated well or fairly at all. And I think what compounds that to me and just breaks my heart even more is the fact that, she, you know, she, her livelihood is her body mm -hmm. and she's not able to take care of it in the way that she wants to and needs to, in order to feel fulfillment professionally. So it just gets me, this case just gets me. Yes. And it's, you know, you don't want to scream into a void. Yeah. Because if it were here, oh, people would be up at the prison. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. By by any means necessary. But you have to take into account where she is. And I think that becomes just as frustrating because you can't give the support essentially the way that you want to 
were she on U.S. soil. Right. And, you know, just to think about her teammates and her peers who are supporting her, it's wonderful. And hearing you break even further her identities and just it brings such a scope to what she's dealing with. And we're only, I mean, we have an idea, but we're only also imagining what she's dealing with. Yeah. Well, there's only so much we can do Mm -hmm. (laughs) as two people, but um, I'm really grateful for you, Ashley, for being willing to come on and chat with me about this and just like, let me feel my feelings. And I'm glad that you are just as passionate (laughs) about this case and about women's sports as I am. And if you want to share those resources one more time, and we'll put them in the show notes as well of ways you can learn more about her case and then support Brittany Griner, um, hopefully coming back to the U.S. So it looks like the two biggest resources are at Sherelle, C-H-E-R-E-L-L-E-T, Griner, G-R-I-N-E-R, that's Brittany's wife, or she's Brittany's wife. And then we are BG.org, and, A- and R is spelled A-R-E. And just following along, you know, amplifying where you can. Um, and also, along with that, support women's sports. Yes. Whether it's your your local soccer league or, you know, girls you know, your, your league. Um, I'm even going to go further. I know we, we weren't going to touch trans, but there's some awful shit happening in Ohio that mm-hmm. is just like, what in the world is happening? Um, you know, contacting your senators, making sure that they know, they know that you're passionate about, you know, making sure that kids get to play so that they can grow up and be the athletes that they want to be, or, you know, just whoever they choose to become in regards to being an athlete or, um, you know, someone who played sports when they were a kid. So support Brittany, support local, watch that WNBA game when you can. Um, Yes. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And who are you rooting for right now? Like what's your, what's your team that you're rooting for, for any sport? Well, the Warriors are in the, um, <laughs> I talk about girls and women and now I know, I'm getting back I to know. NBA, but I'm, I mean, right now I'm pulling for the Warriors. Um, it's, it's sort of, um, you know, just to watch, to have watched them, you know, three seasons ago, they lost to Toronto and then, you know, to have built the back to the way that they have. So I'm pulling for them and not just because they're a California team, but the the tenacity that they've had and just paying attention to the WNBA, seeing what's going on in Chicago um, with their team because they won last year. And I think I, I really hope Little League is happening this year. Little League brought me so much joy like three years ago, just watching them play and Oh gosh, was Monet Davis? Yes, she's yes. such an icon. Yes, and just you know, having watched her that season, I'm like, oh, I think I like Little League. So <laughs> just just staying close to um, ESPN in particular, and watching those sports. I have to admit, I'm between I'm between sports right now. So mm-hmm. we did just wrap up. Um, the Indy 500. Again, I'm from okay. Indiana. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, I understand. And uh, I, I was pleased. 
that um I was pleased that a, a Swedish man won the Indy 500 this year. It's it's so international. It's so great. But there were no women in the in the field this year. And it hasn't been for the last couple of years. So that's really well, disappointing. We, we also have uh, Bubba. I can't think of his last name. My my mind is failing me right now. Um, but, but he's a Black man who became more prominent um, in 2020 um, because... Bubba Wallace, he's a race car driver, black man who became prominent in 2020 um, due to, of course, the uprisings and also people, particularly black people, learning that there are uh, there was a black race car driver and he's supported by um, Michael Jordan um, and a number of sponsors. So just getting behind him and as he grows as oh, a yeah as a driver. I just Googled him. He's a NASCAR driver. I don't, I don't follow NASCAR. So, um, but that's really exciting because NASCAR needs a little diversity. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, I think the, the more and more that we become open in sports and, you know, how we all see each other and realize each other, the better it'll be. Yeah. Agreed. Well, again, thank you so much for hashing this out with me and talking me through this. And I just have to say one more time, cannabis oil like that's why Brittany Griner has been in prison for over a hundred days is cannabis oil it is mind-boggling to me anyways on that note Ashley thank you so much thank you thank you for tuning in to today's episode of feminist book club the podcast want to be part of the club here's how you can join us obviously subscribe to our podcast and leave a rating and review for brownie points Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, and TikTok. All of those links are in the show notes. Sign up for our newsletter to be the first to know what our next monthly book pick is. And check out our award-winning monthly book subscription service. Oprah Magazine named it one of their favorite book boxes, and Shonda Rhimes called us one of her favorite subscription boxes in general. There are multiple membership levels for any budget, and it's an excellent way to support the show and the voices you heard today. See you in the club. A well-read woman is a dangerous creature.